Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Today we're going to talk about serving. And you'll never, and I don't know if you guys will ever get the opportunity to preach on a platform, but you guys all have platforms in your lives that you can preach in. It doesn't require a Sunday service for you to spread the gospel. But what I've been learning through these past couple of months where as clergy, as pastors, we've had to learn how to be carpenters for the sake of the kingdom. And to see somebody lay down their life like my father has been doing is the perfect example for all of us. So I encourage you guys, I've been saying this kind of subliminally while I do the welcome, any chance that you get, encourage your pastor. Every chance that you get, encourage your pastor. That, that is the currency in which we live off of, besides the, the goodness of God is the fact that what we're doing is not in vain. The fact that what we're doing isn't just for nothing. That God is able to use us to see people's lives changed, amen? I'm gonna get straight to it. I thank you, like I said, I'm thankful for our pastors. I'm thankful for our crew leaders. I'm thankful for Isaiah, Isabella, Jackie, and Alex. Can we give it up for them real quick? That if it wasn't for their sacrifice and them sacrificing them tying and them suffering and leading worship with colds and uh, we got awesome volunteers as well. We got young men and women that were in Elevate that saw the need. Well, if I'm going to be a servant, I want to serve in the ministry I got saved in, so they keep on serving. We got people that have been in car accidents but still showed up to sing on Sunday morning. I want you guys to know more than anything else that is worth it. Regardless of the suffering, regardless of the things that I've lost that is worth it for the sake of Christ. Turn with me to Mark chapter 10. And I don't, we got the Sky Bible this time. If not, you should have brought your Bibles to church. <laughs> Amen, bro. Amen. Mark chapter 10. And it reads, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came over and spoke to him. Teacher, they said, we want you to do us a favor. What is your request? He asked. They replied, when you sit on your glorious throne, we want to sit in places of honor next to you, one on your right hand and one on your left. But Jesus said to them, you don't know what you're asking. Are you able to drink from the bitter cup of suffering I'm about to drink? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering I must be baptized with? These dum-dums answered, oh, yes, they replied, we are able. And Jesus told them, you will indeed drink from my bitter cup and be baptized with the baptism of suffering. But I have no right to say who will sit on my right or my left. God has prepared those places for the ones he has chosen. When the ten other disciples heard that James and John, what James and John had asked, they were indignant. So Jesus called them together and said, you know that the rulers in this world lord it over their people, and officials flaunt their authority over those under them. 
but among you it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave of everyone else. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. I'm going to read it again. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the church say amen. The title of today's message is Looking Out for Number One. It's looking out for number one. In this situation, I understand that these two disciples, James and John, were, were, were looking for, 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 for something that seemed like it's holy. Like who wouldn't ask after they've spent time with Jesus, seeing him do miracles, seeing him set people free, seeing him make the blind see and do all these miracles, why wouldn't they ask something as holy as this? But with any question, if you guys know any better, when somebody asks, can we ask, can I ask you a question real quick? There's usually something that's coming with it. And during this situation, they, they, they ask him in different translations, it says, do us a favor. We want you to do us a favor for us. Jesus said, okay, what do you want? And they ask for glory next to him on his, his left and his right. Even in that, they didn't know what they were asking for because they had the mentality in that time during those days is a lot of Jewish people, they believed in the Messiah. And for James and John as his disciples, they knew the Messiah had came, but their idea of what glory was, their idea of why the Messiah was here was skewed. In this situation, they knew he was coming, but their idea of the Messiah was a guy that was going to come forth and be valiant and be a warrior, and he was going to come and destroy the people that were keeping them in captivity and set them free, and they'll be in the rightful place that they needed to be in. They'd be in glory. They would be the guys that were on top. And for these guys, they, they, they were looking out for their best interest. They were looking out for number one. Did they understand what they were asking? No. Because after they asked the request, they, Jesus asked them, do you understand what you're asking? Are you able to, 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 to drink from the bitter cup that I'm about to drink from? Are you able to be baptized with the baptism of suffering that I'm about to be baptized with? And these fools answered yes. When Jesus responded, yeah, you're going to get the baptism that I'm be baptized with. If you read your word, James died by the sword from Herod. He was executed for spreading the gospel. Different historians and different writers think that John was boiled alive and sent to the Isle of Patmos in exile. They surely suffered for serving. They surely had something to sacrifice. But in that moment, they didn't. They, they saw the promise. They saw the promise of glory. They saw the promise of honor, but they didn't see the process in which it took to get there. That in any principle, no matter what you're doing, there is always a process to the promise. And, and if I could just be honest for just a second, I can kind of relate to James and John. I know this sounds messed up in the context in which I'm saying it right now. Like, you just said they're full of themselves. Yes, I can be full of myself sometimes too. Believe it or not. Man, this Christmas is a really good Christmas. Anybody else have a really good Christmas? How many people showed up for the toy drive? Wasn't it awesome? Man, the toy drive went really great. Candace, you did a really great job in getting everything together and organizing it. Super efficient. Like, that's the most efficient that we've ever seen it. Like, a well-oiled machine. But 
that went really well, and we had a good time, you know, serving, giving out toys, getting to see some of the kids I know from Crystal. And after that, you know, I have a big family, so I have to go around and uh, go, go do my rounds. So I did a little bit on Christmas Eve, went and saw my paternal grandmother, spent a little time with her. But on Christmas Day, I went and hit up my dad's house, and I hit up my mom's house. So I went to my dad's house. We hung out. We opened up presents. It's a really big deal this year because Mariah is two years old. And she's at that moment right now where she's cognitive and she understands stuff. She's like super enamored by everything. Like if you get her, like you guys see the video on Facebook of the little girl that had the banana in the gift wrap and she opened it up was like, a banana! That is my daughter verbatim. And so she, everything she got, she was really grateful for. As a parent, you kind of feel like you won. You know, we got her a little piano and like as a musician, I'm like, man, you know, she's about to be a little, you know what I'm saying? Like a little Christian her or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we enjoyed our Christmas, went to Dad's, had a big breakfast. I don't know if y'all saw my Instagram, too, caught Pastor sleeping. But um, we had a good time, spending time with family. But after that, we went to my mom's house. And we went to my mom's house, my maternal grandmother. She cooks gumbo for Christmas every year. When I tell you, she has everything under the sea in that gumbo. Lord Jesus, it was delicious. And so we did that. But around the holidays, when we get together as family, there's this particular game that we like to play. Now, he's laughing. I completely blame Ashley and Khalil Hart and Josh and Nadia Bonds for the monster that they have created, okay? Listen to what I'm about to say. The blood is on your guys' hands. But there's this game that we like to play called Monopoly Deal. And if you've ever played it before and you've ever played Monopoly, some of y'all are clapping. Monopoly is usually a super long game. Like, if you're going to play Monopoly, you better commit your whole day to playing the game. Monopoly deal is different. It's cutthroat. It's quick. Willing and dealing. Like, we got my grandma playing this year, and even grandma got her property took. I'm just saying. Nobody's safe. But for me, man, I've gotten to the point where nobody even likes playing for me. Like, I'm the bad guy. Like, I make a joke like, I'm Donald Trump in Monopoly deal. Like, nobody likes me. But I'm making all these business deals, like, but I'm winning. It doesn't matter. I'm going to get an orange wig and just be like. <laughs> but I, 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 we, were, we were playing the game, and I'm making people upset, and I'm, uh, my aunt's getting upset. It's so bad. My wife won't even play Monopoly deal with me. Listen, we played one-on-one -on -one, one time, and it never happened again. It got so bad that, like, I, I started an argument on Christmas Day. Like, like my, my cousin had her boyfriend over. He was over spending time with our family, and he was about to make a deal that was going to allow my cousin to win. And I used, like, a Jedi mind trick on him. I was like, do you really want to do that? And this dude was like, do I really want to do that? And he pulls back, and she gets so upset, and I proceed to win the game. Listen, I'll do anything and everything to be on top. I'll do anything and everything to win. And this is why I can relate to James and John, is that they were willing to ask Jesus such a bold question to be on top that they didn't worry about everybody else. They didn't worry about the other 10 disciples. You read it in our word that the other 10 disciples were indignant. They was mad, mad, upset, angry, because what they had asked was something that they all secretly kind of wanted. It wasn't because, like, you know you shouldn't be asking for that. It was like, man, I was about to ask for that. Why would you do that? But in this situation, as we go into this new year and we go into this new decade, I want you guys to recognize that 
I understand that in this world, it's dog eat dog. You got to do what's best for your family. Do what's best for yourself. But take in consideration what God wants for your life. We're talking about looking out for number one. To look out for number one is, a, is an idiom. It means to think primarily about oneself and to do what helps one most. It's good for you, but what does God want you to do for each other? The best way, and this is my first point, the best way to look after number one is serving. Say it with me, serving. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Mark chapter 10, verses 43. In Galatians 5, it reads this. For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love, for the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, if I can highlight two young men that I know that are servant of servants, guys that will be here at any call, guys that will be here like, look, hey, you need some water pushing some circles? I'll be here to do it. A guy like Noah and a guy like Tony Webb. Can we give it up for them real quick? Can we honor them for just a second? <laughs> Tony comes around the corner like, you talking about me? Like, what's going on? What's important about these guys is they both live in Vallejo, but they make their way to Sioux soon to come and serve. Not just on Sundays, not just on Tuesdays, not just when it's convenient, but when they're needed. That they understand that the, 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 the needs of the church, the needs of the people come before mine. That's selfless. That's Christ-like. And, and men like this, men that literally, that's not lipstick on his face. He got into a car accident. And he made it to church. We got people that are sick. Our worship leader has the cold. She came here in here with a deeper voice than I did. She's like, what's up, JR? What's going on? Hey, so you okay if we just do two songs for a service? But because she's a servant, she's like, look, I don't know how I'm going to get this lead out, but I'm going to do what God has called me to do. That's the heart of a servant. Not, not using it to, 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 to build yourself up, but to build up the church, to build up each other. And some of you guys are looking like, well, uh, I can't sing, first off. Second off, I can barely put a chair straight. Third off, I got asked to be on the green team. I ain't got no teeth. If you don't have anything else, pay attention. If you don't have anything else to serve and you feel like you have nothing to give, you can serve the agape love that God has served you with. The same love that he lavished on us is the same love in which we can lavish on each other. When you look at the Christmas outreach and you look at us being able to go out to the community, like, yes, we gave out toys on Christmas. Yes, it is the most consumer holiday of, 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 of all ages. But what's important is that we deliver the gospel of Jesus Christ. It was an opportunity for, yes, we got them in with the bait, but now we got them hooked in. Guess what? Come on to church. Learn about this Jesus and who we serve. That's lavishing the love onto the people in this community. Lavishing the love onto the people in the community is like, 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 like uh, uh, blessing the blue. In a day in society where, where, where police officers and, 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 and people in our armed force, armed for yeah, police officers, sorry, I'm all over the place. I'm hot. I got a cold. But anyways, we honor our police officers in a society where basically they're, they're looked at as, as, as inhuman. Where basically they're looked at as like, whoa. You guys kill black people, so we can't be with y'all. 
where rather than judge, judging somebody, we give them the love of God that, 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 that they need. That these are, these are still men and women, that these are still people that have sacrificed their lives to serve their community. That's something that we don't look at. So it's important that we show that love. It's important that we show our, that honor. We got to realize that our service cannot be impartial to people who look and think like us. God doesn't just call us to serve the people that we look like or that we like, but to serve the people that dislike us. Matthew chapter 5 says this, you have heard what the law says, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you, and that way you'll be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives us sunlight to do both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are only kind to your friends, how are you different than, any, than anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. But among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. My second point is this. The best way to look out, uh, look out for number one is suffering. Suffering. Doesn't nobody want to hear about suffering. Everybody wants to be in shape, but nobody wants to put the fork down. Everybody wants to, 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 to be in shape. Everyone wants to look like the rock, but nobody wants to get into the gym. In our focus on the promise, we cannot overlook the process it takes to get there. In our focus on the promise, we cannot overlook the process it takes to get there. James and John saw the glory Jesus was to assume and didn't take into full consideration on what it would cost them in the meantime. Now, when I think about suffering, I think about my wife. I think about the six days that we spent in the hospital. I think about the three days of labor and the three days of recovery that she had to endure. On top of the fact of the nine months she had to deal with. I remember the first day that I found out that my wife was pregnant. We always had this joke. It was still in our first year of marriage, and we'd always have this joke. If she was only a little bit sick, I'd be like, <laughs> what, are you pregnant? And one day she finally said yes. I was like, are you serious? Are you joking? She's like, no, I'm serious. I was like, bro, we about to have it. I had a kid with Erica Bossett. Like, what, what's happening? But to think of the suffering that she had to endure. We had birthing classes. We knew all the things that was going to happen. When we got to the moment, I don't know about her, but for me, watching her go through that, oh, my God. If you've been through the birthing class, she went through everything, the pills, the, 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 the everything. Like, if you know, you know. If you know, you know. Three days of suffering. And my, my, my wife is a soldier, bro. My, my wife is a real soldier, like, you can see, like, the contractions happening on the chart. Like, I became a doctor in the meantime while I was at the hospital for six days, by the way. And you could see the chart jumping when she was having contractions. And my grandma was like, honey, are you okay? And she's like, yes. <laughs> Suffering. But it all became worth it when we saw baby Mariah. It all became worth it when we saw her beautiful face. And I seen some crazy things in that operating room. I messed around and cut the umbilical cord and looked back and saw my wife more intimately than I've ever seen her before. 
Liver and onions, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Liver and onions. Lord Jesus, I love you, babe. But they didn't. Let's get back on topic. <laughs> they didn't understand the process that they had to go through to get the glory that God was about to get. They, they, they knew that, that, that Christ was here to redeem them. They knew that Christ was there for a purpose, but they did not see the cross coming. There was only one disciple that hung around for that. It was John. <laughs> it was John. But can you imagine, like, like, just put yourself in this situation for just a second. Can you imagine asking for that in, in whatever, however the time frame was between that question and the cross? Can you imagine him going, I didn't know. I, I didn't know what I was asking for. What you did, I could never do. The fact that you sacrificed for everybody, I couldn't have done that. But Jesus understood that he had to suffer for our sin, that he had to die on the cross for us, and that, that, that even in his moment where he's in the Garden of Gethsemane, he's like, God, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, your will be done. It's the same heart that we need to have. When we're suffering for serving, we need to have the heart that even though it's tough, even, that, even though we're giving up some things, we have to have the mindset of, nevertheless, your will be done. Because let me share something with you. Serving God is not always the, the easiest thing to do. Serving God, being in full-time ministry can be the most thankless job over anything else. But don't worry about the reciprocation when you're serving. And let me share a little, little, little ministry secret. So when you have a church like this, that is growing and thriving and doing things in the community and the worship team is awesome and you got such a great pastoral staff. There are people that'll come around and see that going on. Like, yeah, man, I want to get involved. Let me start serving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, oh, I would, I would like to join the worship team, man. I play the piano. I can play with my, my pinky toe. I can play with my elbows. I can play with my knee. I can play with my eyes closed. I can do everything. Yeah, I'll serve. When, when's rehearsal? All right, cool. It's on Wednesday. All right, cool, cool, cool. I'll serve that day. And uh, uh, what about the honorarium? For you guys that don't know Christianese, honorarium is a paycheck. What, 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 what's the paycheck talking about? That when you serve God, you are sacrificing, not looking for reciprocation. You're not serving that sometimes you might not receive a thank you, but sometimes you got to recognize that you're suffering for Christ's sake. In 1 Peter chapter 3, it reads this. The eyes of the Lord watch over those who do right, and his ears are open to their prayers, but the Lord turns his face against those who do evil. Now, who will want to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you suffer for doing what is right, God will reward you for it. So don't worry, about, uh, don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ as Lord of your life. And if someone asks about your Christian hope, always be ready to explain it. 
But do this in a gentle and respectful way. Keep your conscience clear. Then if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. Remember, it is better to suffer for doing good if that is what God wants than to suffer for doing wrong. Christ suffered for our sins once for all time. He never sinned, but he died for sinners to, be, to bring you safely home to God. He suffered physical death, but he was raised to life in the spirit. That God is not just asking you to suffer for nothing. That God is not just this kid like, like, I'm, like I'm a Bruce Almighty. He's not just this kid in the sky with a, the magnifying glass uh, putting the light on you to watch you squirm. He's putting you through the process for a reason. He, he's putting you through the process for the promise that he has for you. At the same way that, 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 that Tony and Gabby were talking about Celebrate Recovery, and if you are dealing with, with, with hurt and, and, and hang-ups and all those things, I encourage you to do it. But guess what? It's a seven-month process. Seven hours, not seven minutes. There's no YouTube video you can watch. It's going to require a process for you to receive the promise. You want to see freedom from addiction? It's going to require a process. You want to be set free? It's going to require a process. Even freedom isn't free. Our freedom in Christ was, was, was paid for by the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There was a process. There was a payment. This principle we have to keep throughout the rest of our lives. Like, look, we can't just be like, oh, you know what? Uh, I got a new gym membership. It's January. And it's February 2nd, and your gym membership has expired because uh, I didn't want to go anymore. Howard had us doing too many burpees. <laughs> it's important that we recognize that there's a process to the promise. Lastly, the best way to look after number one is sacrifice. Sacrifice. Matthew chapter 10 says, he who finds his life will lose it. And he who loses his life for my sake will find it. That the life that we were truly meant to live is found when we sacrifice ourselves for Jesus Christ, when we lay down our lives for the sake of Christ. Can we all stand to our feet? Now, I know I just laid down three things that seem extremely tough, but let me give you some encouragement. Let me share with you that our leader, our savior, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus Christ, isn't asking us to do something that he didn't do himself. That I know I have a Baptist background and I know all my points started with this and they all kind of like, you know, fit in like that. But these are things that Jesus went through. Take this into consideration. Matthew chapter 10, verse 45 had said that Jesus didn't come here to be served, but to serve. There's his form of serving. You want to talk about Jesus' suffering? Before we get to the cross, let's talk about the moment where they're saying, hey, Jesus, your mother and brothers are asking for you. Who is my mother? Who is my brother? It's those that serve the will of God. That he turned his back on family to serve the will of God? Wait a second. You're telling me that 
Jesus suffered in a way in which he had to take on the accusation of a crime he didn't commit? That he was accused of lying, that he was accused of of claiming to be the son of God and he was telling the truth the whole time? And most importantly, that he suffered for our iniquities. He took the beating. He, he, He took the flogging. He took the nails being put through his hands. And I had read an article today talking about that the only part of the body on this arm that will be able to to hold the weight is right here through the wrist. A six to eight inch nail that went through his wrist. That he was nailed in such a way that when he was hung on a tree, that he had to lift himself up on his wrist to breathe. And because the weight was so great, he comes back down and he's back and not breathing again. That his water, that, that, that water and blood was so filled up in his lungs he couldn't breathe. He went up, <gasps> back down, suffered. And lastly, he sacrificed his life. The perfect sacrifice. No blemish, without spot or wrinkle, without anything. And sacrificed his life, guess what? For you. Not for himself, not to give him glory. But because of his sacrifice, God gave him all honor, all glory, and all authority. The promise required a process. Jesus isn't asking you to do something he hasn't done himself. You might be looking at me, okay, JR, what do I do next? Let's start with the sacrifice. Don't be weirded out. I know that sounded weird. But the sacrifice is this, as a living sacrifice. Romans chapter 12 reads this. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. A living sacrifice. That you don't just do little tiny things. Well, I show up and serve and, you know, I I put up the chairs. That's enough, right? But then you go home and do dirt. Well, I'm on the worship team. I sing. I'm in front of everybody. Everything should be right, right? But you don't worship at home? Listen, we don't live this life for public attention. We don't live this life for acknowledgement by man. We do this for the glory of God, amen? That's all the time we have for this episode of the Annex Podcast. But we encourage you to get connected with us by downloading and using our TBCF app today. Or you can visit our website at tbcf.life. That's tbcf.life. Until next time, thanks for stopping by to the Annex Podcast.